so it's it's really a a animal activism message more than anything else. I I think that my intent behind this work of art was I want to make something that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes, because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today, it's this very special guest. I, I, that's going to be a huge shock to everybody who listens to this show. I never have very special guests on here. Her work ranges from interactive experiences for large brands to handcrafted textile artworks, all using data to inform, illuminate, and educate a wide audience. Her creative output has been featured in publications such as Brand New, It's Nice That, Page Magazine, and Creative Boom, and has been honored with awards from Core 77, Print, and AIGA Boston. She currently serves as Associate Design Director at Instrument here in Portland, it's Olivia Johnson. Hi. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here in the the hottest room in <laughs> I think Portland. It, I think it's very comfortable. Uh, that's I appreciate that. We were we were talking before the show about kind of the temperatures of various regions. Yes. Um. And you are you are from very cold parts of the country. Yes. Uh, I am from very hot parts of the country. So I think I am. We we are maybe temperature sensitive in opposite directions. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. It's it's just it's a very it's a very toasty room right now. <laughs> I don't quite understand why, because there is definitely air conditioning going. It's just it's just pumping hot air in, which I don't quite understand. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate it. I think it's great. <laughs> um, so I. We were also talking a little bit before the show about the magic, the power of Barbenheimer. Are you are you psyched for Barbenheimer? I'm psyched for the the barb. One half part of, of that. that. <laughs> yes. We're psyched for the barb. Um it it I, what is fascinating about the the internet's attachment to these these two powerful movies uh is kind of the the distinction in um, how they're being marketed. Yes. <laughs> Barbie is kind of everywhere. There's cereals. There's dream houses. I just read last night that there's a sauce at Burger King. Oh. A pink sauce. What could it Appetizing. be? Appetizing. Yeah. <laughs> Burger King, having not learned their lesson with the the uh, black buns that gave mm. everyone digestive problems, uh, continuing to put money down on the uh, really weird food coloring zone. Oppenheimer, on the other hand, the only public stuff I've seen about it seems to be post talking about how physically large the film is. The only thing I've heard about it is that it's also coming out the same day as Barbie. Yeah, that's uh, that is the other key selling point, which is a very strange one. I don't really know if they thought about what people would want to see in this movie. Yeah, (laughs) that's a that's a that's a really bizarre, bizarre thing. But the 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 Barbie marketing is really all over the place. There's been so much pink paint used Mm -hmm. that it contributed to a global pink shortage for a while. Is that real? That that is for real. Well, apparently the story is there was already sort of a global pink shortage. (laughs) And then the you know, the Barbie movie started production. They were like, well, I guess they need all the pink, so there so, was like no pink. You mean like like red dye number four or whatever <laughs> is 
is low. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Mm. Um, but like thinking about, you know, just how expertly marketed the Barbie movie has been, how how ubiquitous it has been. Uh, made me kind of curious, like, the Barbie company has not always been as successful with their marketing. <laughs> yeah. Mattel, Mattel's had some some hiccups. And just as you were coming into the studio this morning, I, I happened across um, this, which is an actual Barbie product. I'm going to I'm going to pass my. OK. Uh, oh, I think I. Wait, what year is this? OK, no, I, this, I, this was after my. When I was at the height of Barbie's target audience, but I did have a variation of this for sure. Can what what is this product? Could you tell the audience? It is Tanner, Barbie's pooping dog, <laughs> and toys that poop are just fun, you know. Wait, are, there's multiple toys that poop. Oh, there's tons of dolls that poop, and what you like feed them <laughs> plastic food, and then it comes out. It's fun. Oh, no. That's terrifying. Um, yeah, Barbie's Tanner, Barbie's pooping dog. I it really it blew my mind. So Bar- Tanner, Barbie's pooping dog came out in 2006, presumably on on the tail of some of those other dolls that mm-hmm. that also poop, um, which maybe maybe it's less horrifying that it's a dog and not a a human human, <laughs> a yeah. human child. Um, but they have really thought a lot about the pooping as a key component of this doll, which I kind of love. In addition to the dog just being able to poop, Barbie has some sort of weird pooper scooper. Well, it's teaching kids to be good neighbors. Yeah. But it looks like it's it's sort of a shotgun, sort of a poop (laughs) shotgun that Barbie has. It kind of does. It's a really puzzling device because there's nothing really like it in the real world yeah it doesn't like suck up the <laughs> i don't know i assume it's like a grabber arm okay because it's it kind of looks like it has like a little mouth at the end of it as horrifying as that seems um but i just don't i you'll be shocked to learn that this this product was only out for one year <laughs> because apparently uh young children were um Swallowing certain aspects yeah. of it. Um, well, that happens. Which contain magnets for unknowable reasons. Um, well, so the pooper scooper can pick up the poop. Oh, that's that you're right. Yeah. I bet that is it. So the pooper scooper is has a metallic end and then well, <laughs> the I mean, poop is magnets. I think part of Barbie's marketing is to create toys that are a little bit risky. That's like true. Like the roller skates that... A feature of them was that they create sparks. Really? So in the early 90s, there was a roller skating Barbie, rollerblading. Okay. Excuse me, rollerblading. That feels much more 90s. Yes. And the rollerblade wheels had the same mechanic as like a lighter. Like when you like click a lighter. So when you use Barbie, she like, like sparks come out of her wheels. And that was like on the box. Like, see the sparks fly. Burn down your parents' house. Yeah, and so like the older brother would like take it, take the <laughs> wheels, and like you know, go smoke with Barbie's exactly. roller skates. <laughs> wow, that's what a <laughs> yeah. I actually somehow made it into Barbie collector TikTok, so I do know a lot about the history of Barbie and like really? what the valuable dolls are. What's like. You know, most sought after. How, does that mean that you are collecting them, or you're you're just no, observing? I this? just am very 
interested in other people who do. I just am fascinated by it. Every time a video comes up, I'm like, I need to like understand this model of Midge. <laughs> you know, um, oh, did Barbie have a friend called Midge? Oh, absolutely. She's oh, in no. the movie. Um, she's, I think, best known now as the pregnant Barbie. Oh. That was also a, a scandalous moment in Barbie's history. I, scandalous, but that, I mean, that seems much more important as a milestone than maybe yeah. pooping dolls. But I think that the scandal was like they're supposed to be teen dolls. Oh. But eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Midge was Barbie's first friend. <laughs> just to let you know and they can share the same clothes wow uh-huh so that that's a that's a big friendship and feature. so the original barbie had this kind of like sideways glance like kind of like a sexy look oh yes and um some parents didn't let their kids get barbie because she was too sexy so they brought out midge who is a little bit more homely <laughs> And, like, has less of that, like, sideways, oh, like, no. come hither glance. So that's kind of where Midge came from. So Midge is sort of like a librarian or something. Well, she, you know, she has a little smile. Yeah. She like, is looking at you and not, like, away from you. Um, but she has the same, like, body as Barbie. Just her face is a little bit less, like, severe. Because the old Barbies have, like, kind of intense faces. They do. And it, I feel like the, like, especially the eye makeup yes. on those. Yeah, I Midge think about. is definitely, it's a, it's a, it's a more natural makeup look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want, if you want to know anything about Barbie, I can tell you. I also was just one of those kids that had, like, a hundred Barbies and none of them had clothes. <laughs> One can, but I, was, I had two sisters, so you know that's what happens when you have three girls in the nineties. Yeah, you end up starting a Barbie nudist college. Yes, you do. <laughs> Knowing that you had Barbies and that you you are getting back into at least observing this Barbie, like, <laughs> what would be like the Barbie that would that would you know like get you back into collecting? Well, I do have my mom's Malibu Barbie. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. I, I like the retro ones. I like the, like, there was an era where Barbie was mod. So, like, she was, like, very, like, cool oh, 60s. I could get into that yeah. very easily. That sounds great. Yeah. And, like, the, the clothes are amazing. The older clothes are really well made. Like, they're all, a lot of them are, like, hand-stitched and, like, just really beautiful. Oh. The newer stuff is a little bit like, you know, like Velcro or whatever, but yeah, uh, just like the like craftsmanship of the old stuff is pretty cool to me. I, I can't even imagine having to, like, I'd never really thought of that until now, but yeah, the, the amount of complexity in sewing some of those outfits. Right. Well, especially in the early days when they didn't have like all of the, you know, Mattel like factories and stuff. Like yeah. it is really, and it was pretty expensive when you like look at inflation too, it was like, not really, you know, like the dollar store kind of vibe that you get now, <laughs> you know? And like most kids who got a Barbie, they had one Barbie because they would come with just a swimsuit. They wouldn't come with like all of the accessories and stuff. And then you would buy that separately. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's very, it's very disposable. Like you're, you you get every Barbie. But I think that's, you know, kind of cool. Like I, I felt like I feel yeah. like kids kind of took care of them more. That I mean, and that seems like a much more sustainable model, too, mm -hmm. than just a million pounds of plastic that, yeah. you know, all go into the plastic heaven. 
Plastic heaven. Yes. <laughs> Which is... Which is Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of enlarging the <laughs> circumference of the Earth every right, day right. with, you know, the, the remnants of the Anthropocene. So that kind of is a little bit of where maybe your your mind started perhaps noticing aesthetic things, would you say? Like, um, I don't think so no. with Barbie. <laughs> No, like my dad's an architect. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, and I, you know, I think like, you know, having him in my life kind of encouraged me to explore art. But yeah, I just always liked drawing and making. And I was very like introverted as a kid. I just kind of like to do my own thing. So yeah. that's kind of where it came from. And then um, I got into graphic design through Neopets. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. What were you drawing? Drawing Neopet I was like drawing fan my art, pets, but I was also like coding my like oh, yeah. pet pages and stuff. Like that's how I learned HTML, CSS, and then later MySpace. I got into it. So many so, people of our generation, yeah, that's Neopets like, and MySpace. That's are how the I got into graphic points. design. That's how I understood that graphic design was even a thing. Yeah, you know. So I, I've been desperately trying to get back in my Neopets account. <laughs> Well, I I heard recently that they are trying to kind of reboot they Neopets. Are. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. I like used like an old Yahoo email and I was like contacting Yahoo's customer support and like <laughs> you have to like pay for like premium support from Yahoo oh, and all that. But yeah, I couldn't get in. So it's I was like, going to say I, Yahoo as a company doesn't feel like they're mm, well positioned to have any customer support. I know. Yeah, so I, I really am legitimately kind of like sad I can't get back into it because I put so many hours of my life into my Neopets profile, you know? <laughs> like, that's like where my career came from. Do you have any like recollections of which, which Neopets were your favorite? Like, I like the rare ones, the ones that cost a lot of Neo points to get. <laughs> <laughs> You know, how did I, I, I Neopets like was right after my time. I'm I think I'm just slightly too old. Did you have to buy the Neopets? Is that how it worked with? No, oh. they were free. But then like there are some special pets that like hatch from an egg. You had to buy the egg oh. or you would like buy a special potion that transformed the Neopet into a different Neopet. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> Or you could, like, zap them with a lab ray. So there, there's certain aspects of gambling at play well, um, with these. That's, yeah. They're actually literally were games, like slot machine games, <laughs> that you had to be 13 to play. And Neopets is also where I learned about the stock market. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's the the whole – it's sort of a similar thing to, like, the Animal Crossing, like, yeah, certain things have definitely. high days and low days. But, like, what I learned was just buy every day, buy a thousand stocks in the cheapest <laughs> option, and it's just like saving for retirement now. You just invest in – you know, the S&P 500 <laughs> regularly, and then eventually you'll, you know, get out ahead. Yeah. That's, like, truly how I learned it. Like, <laughs> Was there ever a Neopets market crash? <laughs> so there are only, historically, in the very early days, a couple of, like, the, the little tickers that, like, crash. But, like, I don't think it ever happened again. No, no, uh, no Neopets Black Fridays. Not that I recall. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're doing some coding on your Neopets account. Mm -hmm. You're doing 
uh, you're doing some coding on your MySpace. Like that's kind of where you're you're entering into graphic design, essentially. Yeah. And this was kind of around your high school days, would you say? Yeah, I think Neopets was a little earlier. That was like more middle school, but yeah. then MySpace was definitely high school. Like, did you have like graphic design classes at your high school? We had a Flash class. Hey. <laughs> and I like learned how to make a website in Flash, and I'm like, this is going to be great. Yeah. Like, I'm going to yeah. use this. <laughs> this is going to get me a job later on. <laughs> it, it, well, it was... Flash was very easy to use. I, I've said a couple times that was my entry point into yeah, this well, and like animating in Flash too was so fun. Yeah. It's so yeah, it's so intuitive. The the drawing and shape tools I still find a thousand times better than yeah. what Illustrator does. Yeah, even the weird hacky versions of them. Oh yeah, like, and then um, we also use Dreamweaver. Oh yeah, um, which I think I don't know if I I think I might have learned that in pre college at Ringling College of Art and Design. Um, so both very, very great tools to know now. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> the the market is clamoring for both Flash and Macromedia Dreamweaver. Yeah, but I I went to a pretty low funded high school, so <laughs> we didn't really have like very advanced classes. Like we didn't even have APR. We just had like oh. painting and drawing and photography and then web design. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching you all the most advanced exactly uh, techniques. So I really, yeah, I kind of came into college like really having pretty um, not a ton of knowledge with like software and stuff. I had to learn as I went. I do notice over there that you have brought in one of your sketchbooks from yes. from your high school days. Yes. What is happening in that sketchbook? Um, so I marked some pages okay. to highlight. So for context, I went to high school from 2008 to 2012. And it is reflected very strongly in the sketchbook. <laughs> um, so some highlights. Um, here's here's one. Oh, the, you've got you've got a deer with some sort of faceted, uh, <laughs> like triangles on it, which I was definitely a look back. Yeah, then. I, I was very inspired by um, posters you could buy from Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this kind of has that vibe. I, one of the things that I always think about 2012 Portland as like one of the core aesthetics is like the the like deer head mounted onto the wall, but in oh like God. those like low poly triangles with like sunglasses on it or something. Yeah, that too. I like those are those are so like around the time that I moved here. Uh, I actually I thought that was an amazing time in Portland, though. <laughs> It like, was a lot cheaper, I'll tell you that. I bet it was so fun. If I if I'd had any money at all, I should have bought a house, but I had no oh, money. I had well, negative money. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a grad student. Here's what can another you do? one. Oh my god. You're I gotta say, you're you're pretty good at drawing. Like the shading <laughs> Thank on you. this is sort of a a little girl with yep. a cat skull head. Yes. And the, the shading on the skull is especially very good. And it Thank is saying now. Yes. Uh, and it has a hair. A hair bow. A hair bow. And yes. those are both kind of collaged in uh, yes. on on this like beautiful triangle uh, <laughs> pattern paper. Uh, some contrast issues, I will say, in the speech bubble because well, black on red is a little challenging. I wasn't really thinking about accessibility at this point. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to show you. Nobody was in 2012. I'm going to show you one more from this. Oh, damn. You're very good Wait, at drawing. Do you know this band, though? No, I don't know them oh at all. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is a drawing of the two people that make up the band Sleigh Bells, which was, like, 
It was like in, it was an indie band. You know, it was the early 2010s. Indie bands were big. So, Every, everything yeah. has to have a slightly ironic name. And yes, I can, and like upside on cross in the logo. Absolutely. Yeah, so so th- this is for for those of you who can't see, which is all of you because you can't see. <laughs> this is an audio medium. It is an incredibly well rendered drawing with incredibly well rendered like jean jacket fabric that is just absolutely fucking gorgeous thank you I, am like I don't even think, I could, I don't think I could draw like this today actually did you did you draw the roses too or is that also a collage no that's just something i printed out okay. i think so yeah but like the drawing itself like just really uh, really i thought well we were captured. gonna make fun of my work <laughs> <laughs> i was expecting you to like go in but I, I I feel like oftentimes though like this process is one of like finding finding beauty in stuff that often is is a little bit forgotten about. Um, you've opened up another one of yes. your sketchbooks. This is also a high school. This is high school. This was post pre college, which I had like my first like art school experience. So I think my work got a little bit more elevated. And actually, my um, high school art teacher's notes are in here too. Oh no, which is she's she's very flattering to me (laughs) she says wow (laughs) it says it shows your growth okay but this is when i was getting into typography i can i also (laughs) just like give a special shout out to that teacher who does the same trick that i do when i (laughs) write comments which is after you do about 40 of them your mind starts to just completely go and you need to have like an exclamatory statement at the beginning. Wow. Hey, yeah. Like, if you've ever gotten an email from me that includes any of those words. Do you, do you use a lot of exclamation points? Absolutely, I, I do. I really appreciate that. I, if you don't use exclamation points, like, you're mad at me. I never used to use exclamation points until I moved up here. And then my <laughs> teaching partner, Kate Bingham Burt, past guest on the show, uh-huh. uh, uses them for every single sentence, which is amazing, I and I cannot great. use periods anymore. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, um, it, but it, yeah, it, it, there's something very exciting about it too. Like yeah. you, you know for sure what the tone is. It's Absolutely. not like what could this person mean? No. Um, so you, you have been experimenting in typography for sure. This is what it says is if you can't use the right form of your, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> It feels like maybe there's something missing there or No so I didn't like it when people like said what's your problem? Oh sure. But then they would say it Y O U R instead of Y O U apostrophe R E and that just really grinded my gears. Oh, that's very fair. Yeah. That is annoying. Um and that kind of looked like it was spray painted on spray the... painted. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, a lot of spray painted. That paint, notebook like, must have been a powerful smell a back of... in the day. Oh yeah. And I think we did it like inside. <laughs> We didn't have a sp- again underfunded school, no spray booth. No, we didn't. Know. We didn't know about ventilation uh-uh. back then. Um, okay, I just have one more selection of high school art to show Please. you. Um, and it's on my Facebook. Okay, <laughs> you, we were talking about this before the show. How uh, Facebook is kind of the repository for for things of this era more than anything else, almost. Really, I, I don't know that I really have any physical work left. I'm going to hand this to you. But I bet you, can, I still... you can choose. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. 
this is this is how I got into college. Wow. This is what I submitted. Oh, this is your portfolio to get into Ringling College of Art. No, Micah. Oh, this was to get into Micah. So Ringling, I went to for pre-college. Oh, I see. So that was the summer between junior and senior year of high school. Damn. And then Micah's where I went to for undergrad. Wow. So. You've got some incredible drawings in here, of course. Thank uh, you. Another skull. You're very skull-focused in a lot of ways. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it is a pattern, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a good era in terms of uh, someone's life for them to be very focused on, you know, life and death. Um, <laughs> everything is very intense in, in high school times. Um, oh, my God, this thing. <laughs> oh, I got... I got a horrible critique on that snail. Please, what, what was the critique? So this was this was in pre-college. Okay. This was like a real art school. And they were just like, it doesn't look like a snail. It looks unrealistic. Oh. You're really bad at drawing. <laughs> well, oh, God, that's that's quite rough. I mean, that's what, you know, obviously it's not verbatim, but that's what I took away yeah. from the critique. It's... It definitely isn't a realistic drawing of a snail, but I, it, nothing about it says to me that that's what you're trying to do. It's like a very textured snail, um, <laughs> sort of sort of a patchwork snail. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to the deer. Yes. Um, so the deer, this is a, a, a deer in, in multiple colors. Uh, you've got... Oh dear, sort of in stacked letters on the side. Typography. Uh, typography. Incredible typography filled in with patterns. <laughs> um, the deer is also covered in patterns, I should say. All the shadow parts of deer are are wavy patterns. But the deer is talking about a shotgun. <laughs> the deer the deer has murder on its mind, I think. No, the deer is talking about how it doesn't want to get murdered. Oh, I and see. that's why it says oh dear. <laughs> Because deer are are popular, um, it's popular hunting game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's deep. It it's is deep. deep. That that it, so it's it's really a a animal activism message more than anything else. I I think that my intent behind this work of art was I want to make something that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> So that that would be on the artist statement in the museum next to this work. Yeah, the the little placard. Uh, it. I mean, it is cool. It's got it's got some color. It's I want to make color something energy. that Urban Outfitters would sell. This would absolutely <laughs> be for sale. That was in definitely Urban my intention with this period of art making. Yeah, it's it's got the pinks and the greens and the sort of washy tonality on top of a, a very graphic image that I think is so is so key to that kind of thing. Um, I do want to back up a little bit, though, because, like, in between terms in high school, you went to a real art school for summer. Yes. How did that happen? I've never even heard oh, of really? that being a thing. Yeah. Um. So it's a pretty, like, a lot of our schools do it. It's called pre-college. PNCA might even do something, but basically it's, like, high school kids can take, like, six weeks and take classes at an art school wow. summer between junior and senior year to help, like, work on their portfolio um, and just, like, understand what, like, a critique is, do life drawing. That's, like, when I opened up Adobe for the first time. Was, oh, really? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like summer camp for, like, art kids, yeah. basically. And you're you're hanging out in, uh, in Florida also during this. Yes. Which must be... 
quite quite the change from the Midwest. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I was like, ooh, Florida, that's exotic because <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, Sun and sand. Definitely formative. I actually still have, like, one of my best friends I met during pre-college. And, like, we've never lived in the same city, but we still stay in touch. She was, like, in my wedding. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. Um, it definitely... Um, made me a snob <laughs> when I went back for my senior year of high school. I was like, oh, I'm like above all of you people now. Oh, so you, you kind of study abroad syndrome a little bit. Yeah, study abroad in Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the most international of cities. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and before that, had you kind of been? I, I imagine you would have to be fairly sure that this is what you wanted to do. Oh yeah, I had never had any. Like doubts never like wanted to change my major. Yeah. In terms of like being able to start my career pretty young. And and from essentially this work, the packet before us, you got into Maryland Institute College yes. of Art. And from that you would have had to move to Baltimore. Like what Yeah. And and by that point you were pretty well into graphic design is the thing. Yeah, but it that... was a struggle because um you didn't take graphic design classes freshman year. No. It was all like drawing and painting and I was like a little shit and I was like I don't care about this I just want to do graphic design well, yeah because you were <laughs> you you had done the drawing and painting thing right, so you're yeah. sick of it at that point kind of and now I'm like looking back I'm like man that would have been so nice to just like draw and paint all day like I hate graphic design <laughs> That's how it always works. Though. I know. I know. Uh, you you never you never know what you're uh, letting go of until it's already gone. <laughs> Pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Mm, mm. Bop 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 bop. Yeah. Wait, no, that's not how that goes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Actually, I wrote some notes here because I know we wanted to talk about like mistakes and stuff. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that like I did not have fun in college. Really. Because I, like, took myself so seriously. Oh, you became super serious. Like, yeah. I, know. like, I was not a good student in high school, really. I, like, partied all the time. <laughs> like, I had my own apartment as a senior in high school. What, really? So, like, because my parents, my parents moved and we wanted to stay in the same school district. But I, oh. I very much took advantage of that. And then in college... Well, I met my husband, my now husband, like the first month of college. Wow. But also, I just like, it was also 2012 when I started college and it was like the recession was still a very real thing. And I was just like, I need a job. Like yeah. every every choice now I make has to be towards getting a job. And so like, I didn't like really go out much. I like took all of my assignments super seriously. I like didn't have fun. And now I'm like, man, like I should have relaxed. <laughs> Because so many kids I went to school with who, like, didn't give a shit, like, they are kind of, they have the same job as me now, yeah. you know? So I and would they say, got like, to party it up. Yeah, I would be like, just chill out. Like, it's not, it's not that serious. But, like, <laughs> back then, just getting a job felt like a big goal. That is a great thing to bring up. Because I think going into the economic situation that we're probably looking at, right. um, I, I think a lot of folks are getting into that same mindset of, like, you know, if you want a job in this like environment of uncertainty, you have to be like 1000 percent when, you know, that really only leads to burnout. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely is similar in a way, but also it's like things are harder now. But like 
you'll find a job. Yeah. Like you will, even if it's not like the perfect job right out of school. But for me, I was just like, I have to get my dream job out of school. Like I did like five internships. Like I didn't like have fun in the summer. You did five internships? That's so many internships. I I did an internship after freshman year. Wow. I did one after sophomore year. I did two. I guess I only did four. Still, Uh, (laughs) that's a lot. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that you did one after freshman year is kind of astonishing because that nobody does that. I know, but I was like, I'm not going back to Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you're in the exciting city of Baltimore now. Baltimore is actually very exciting. I've heard it's actually kind of cool. A little too exciting in some aspects. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what can you do? Um, had you wanted to stay in Baltimore permanently or so at first maybe what actually happened was I got mugged the summer between my junior and senior year I think if I didn't get mugged I might still be there but I was like walking home from Rite Aid at like two in the afternoon and I got mugged like a block from my house daylight mugging yeah wow um and after that I like my like sense of safety was sort of shattered like i just didn't feel safe walking around so after that i was like i want to like live somewhere where i can just like walk places and like you don't really it's something you really take for granted i think in most places just being able to walk without looking over your shoulder all the time yeah or being able to walk around at all yeah you know for i mean most cities in the u.s is nearly impossible yeah definitely um so after that, I was like, okay, I'm like ready to like move on to somewhere else. Um, yeah. And my then boyfriend, now husband, um, went to grad school at RISD. So that's where we went, Providence. Up in beautiful Rhode Island. It is beautiful. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No, I've never been to Rhode Island. Oh I have gosh. no idea what it it's like. It is lovely. I mean, the winters are awful, but <laughs> Providence is the cutest little New England college town. It's just like oh. cobblestone streets oh. and hills, and it's it's very charming. Okay, this actually sounds very good. Yeah, definitely recommend. It's much better than Boston. It's, it blows Boston away by miles. <laughs> <laughs> Boston is kind of just like a, it's like a, a sports guy city, <laughs> 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 which is not really my vibe. I I can't imagine. I've never heard of anyone being enthusiastic about Boston sports. So I I obviously have no. You cultural obviously touch haven't point. been to Boston. No, no. Do they ha- do they have a sports team there? Any sort of sporting um, team? Just the Patriots <laughs> and the Red Sox. Oh, you know, I think I've heard of them. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a really intense hatred for the Patriots because. Do you want to hear the story? Please. Okay. So I took a trip to Reykjavik. Um, <laughs> that, if you gave me a million dollars, I would not guess that that was going to be the next line out of your mouth, but okay. I was in Reykjavik with uh, my husband, and uh, he's a huge Ravens fan. He's from Baltimore, born and raised. He was, Ravens, if, if you're not familiar, graphic designers, they are a football team. <laughs> Yes. In Baltimore. Which, I will say, a football team named after a literary yes. device. After Poe. Kind of. It's very cultured. Yeah. 
So I became a fan of Ravens just by association. They also won the Super Bowl the first year I was in Baltimore. So I just, you know. That's pretty good. It's close to my heart. Do the Ravens have a mascot or is it it's just... It's a raven. Oh, well, <laughs> but I mean, like, is there just a very sad, like, you know, foam uh, Edgar Allan Poe just sort of standing oh. on the sidelines with maybe a little tiny flag that he's waving back and forth? They don't, but um, they should. They should. <laughs> um, so we were in Reykjavik on vacation and there was like a big football game happening that my husband really wanted to see. So we went to like the American bar. <laughs> oh, that's that's always a very flattering uh, thing. Yeah. The international bar designed for Americans. Yeah. And um, they're showing the uh, Ravens versus Patriots game. And it turns out there are a lot of Patriots fans in Reykjavik. Huh. Icelandic Patriots fans. And this was the deflate gate game oh i don't really i can't explain it i'm gonna get the facts wrong i vaguely know about it's something about they were taking air out of footballs to make the footballs do a different thing than they do normally um i guess just like all you need to to know is the patriots cheated okay (laughs) um and so the the Ravens lost kind of bad. And there were a bunch of Icelandic Patriots fans there. We were like wearing like our Ravens hats and stuff. And they like came and heckled us. They were like, wow, Patriots, <laughs> like just like yelling at in our faces. Um, and that really hurt my feelings. I, so now yeah. I hate them. Wow. That's I would not have expected that level of kind of I mean, that's like European soccer kind of bullying. I type know energy. you wouldn't like they seem so nice. Yeah. The Icelandic people, but big Patriots fans, apparently <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Hanging out at the American bar, which mm-hmm. I'm sure serves hamburgers and hot dogs and mm-hmm. Bud Light, Bud Light, ranch dressing, <laughs> uh, all the most American things. Everyone's wearing a cowboy hat. There's peanuts on the floor. Mm-hmm. What are some other American? <laughs> There's an American flag. There's a Cadillac just sort of in the ceiling somehow. <laughs> uh, Elvis is there. I was good. Yes, <laughs> I was trying to figure out where. Maybe he's just there. Yeah, we he's just know. like a waiter. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't die. He faked his own death, and now he runs the American bar in Reykjavik. I, I buy it. <laughs> hey, you want fries with that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're you're now up in Providence. Yes. Um, and you're done with school too. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have a notion when you were moving up there, like what kind of place you wanted to be at, or, or like for a job? Yeah. I got a job offer while I was still in school. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. So, again... I guess you're doing all the internships. I took myself very seriously. And, like, during winter break of my senior year of college, we already knew we were moving to Providence. So, I flew up to Boston to do informational interviews with companies up there. Wow. An informational interview, for folks who don't know, is just like, there's not a job on the table, Mm -mm. even. You are just going and, like, talking to some folks in different companies and just being like, hey, I'm me. I, I've i got some. Yeah, I've got some cool work if you want to see it. And uh, I don't know if you have a job, then that is honestly how I've gotten every job yeah. I've ever had. I it's... just you just talk to people and, you know, show that you're a person who cares. Yeah. It actually is very impactful. So I was like, OK, it costs like 80 bucks to fly up there. I'll do it. We had a friend in Boston we stayed with. I like toured the studio that I ended up working at. 
um, they actually came to Mica for a career fair. So I had like my first real interview there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Got the job offer in like April of that year. Yeah. So um, so that's what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good to have that sorted out, though. Yeah. I mean, at that time, like working remotely wasn't an option. So and Providence is very small. It's very like university focused. There's not a ton of jobs there. So I had to commute. It was like a two-hour commute. Every day? Twice. Because ah. I left the house at 7.30, got to work at 9.30. That's too much. It was, That's yeah. much too much. It was a lot. It was, I don't, don't recommend it. It was very, like, I didn't have hobbies. I didn't have time for anything. Yeah. So, definitely, like, my job out of school was great. Like, I learned so much. But, man, the commute was brutal. Was it Was it at, like, an agency? or? Yeah, so I, it was at a really small... Not an agency, just I would call it like a studio called So So Limited. And they, they do like interactive physical installations. Oh. Lots of like kind of data focused stuff founded by a bunch of MIT grads. So it kind of has that, you know, academic science background to it. Absolutely. Um, Which I, I think also kind of ties into like your your own data driven. Oh, yeah. Work. I think that was definitely super influential. It definitely got me interested in data and like. How data can just, like, add such an interesting layer and meaning to work. Yeah. You know, I would give a lot of credit to Soso for influencing me that way, for sure. But after my husband graduated from RISD, it was, like, the first time both of us weren't in school and, like, could choose where to live. So we chose Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Had you been out here before? I mean, it's a pretty big difference. We visited... I think like Labor Day 2018, beautiful weather, sunny, perfect. Yeah. Probably the most perfect possible I was time like, to why, go. Why are people saying it's rainy here? It's beautiful. <laughs> um, you fell into the trap. I did. The trap that all the tourists fall into. But um, my husband has family here, so we stayed with them. They kind of like did their best to make it very attractive to move here. Um, we like went to Multnomah Falls oh. and we got brunch. You know, you got the whole, I know. the whole circuit. Um, and I, we didn't have a car, and I was like very passionately anti-car. What about having a four-hour commute ultimately every day would make you not want to be in a car all the <laughs> well, time? Well, I, I took the train. Oh, that's <laughs> we, not I- ideal either. Actually, ironically, we had a car in Baltimore and in Providence. Like our first month. Our car got broken into, and I was like, well, we don't need this. Let's oh. just get rid of it, because Providence is very tiny. You don't really need a car. And so one of our criteria for the next place we we're going to live is I don't want to have to drive. I want a bike. I was very into biking, and of course, Portland is great for that. I mean, you basically limited your options to Portland almost exclusively. Well, it's like, <laughs> think about, like, Portland okay, and New York City. where can you live that you don't need a car and that isn't crazy expensive? Well, yeah, then, that, then like, that is just Portland. What are your options? Portland, Chicago, maybe, and, like, Philly? Yeah, yeah. That narrows it. Baltimore, too. Baltimore. And then it's like, okay, where can we live that's not super dangerous? <laughs> So where could we live that's not crazy cold? Uh-huh. So the only thing left is Portland. Yeah, so you don't want to be living in an ice cube. No, we, you don't. So yeah, we came out here and then it was the pandemic. Yay! <laughs> no problems there. And then we actually had to get a car because I was like going crazy. Because like you couldn't really hit the bus. I just felt I was like in a little yeah. like bubble. We were in a third floor apartment with no like outdoor space. 
Well, that's and that's the yeah. thing is like especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Like if you were just in your apartment all the time, there's only so many walks you can take around your neighborhood oh my before gosh. you start to go crazy. You can't exactly go camping if you're sort of bus limited. It's yeah, it's that, tough. That, I've that actually never not... been camping before. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get your official Portland I, citizenship I card until you do. I I. I wasn't like a camping person. I was a, I'm a TV child, so I didn't grow up with like the feelings of being a camping person. I just like I don't know. Like, you, you would be maybe more into glamping than camping, maybe. But it's like, why would I do this to have a be less comfortable? <laughs> Like, why would I choose to spend time not having the things that make life easy? That's fair. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, that, that is a big downside of a lot of camping situations. You may be going to a place that, that, say, doesn't have heat. I or... need to, like, go with a person who's, like, good at camping. Well, yes. You know? Although that can kind of be a trap, too. Like, really? I have a friend who is a, a very avid backpacker. And there are so many backpacking accoutrements. And mm, it's expensive. It's very expensive. It's very complicated. You have to be in like bodybuilder level shape in order to keep up with like a 20 mile per day hike. Yeah. I will never be there. No. <laughs> Simply ever in my life. Yeah. That's actually something so funny about Portland when I first moved here is that people in the city walk so slow. But when you're hiking, people go so fast. <laughs> Like, I'm, like, always, like, lapping people when I'm, like, walking down the street. But then, like, people are lapping me when I'm, like, trying to, like, enjoy the view. Yeah. Well, you know, they they just want to stop and smell the dog poop yeah. walking around the city. But, like, you know, hiking. Oh, we got to get past these trees. Ah, I know. There's it's... more trees. Shit. I, yeah. That just, it stuck out to me. It's a very odd energy. Yeah. <laughs> the the two Portlands. Um, so, like, you, you move up here and... I, I assume you do an informational interview at Instrument, and that's yeah. So I, um, when I was still in Providence, trying to figure out like, okay, what are the opportunities in Portland? I went to my old friend LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite social networking yeah, site, LinkedIn. Exactly, and I was like, okay, hmm, who an instrument do I have an in with? And I found someone who was a MICA alumni. Yes. that And that yeah. is a great technique. Yeah. Like everyone should be doing yes, that. Yes, definitely. I mean, just figure out, is there someone out there that, you know, you can relate to? Yeah. Like that just makes such a big difference. So I did do, I did not fly out here for the informational interview. Oh, this was all digital. This is all digital. The precursor to yes, the I, world that we now live in. Yeah. Especially at Instrument. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... Got on the phone with him. He's like, okay, cool. I'll refer you. And um, I had like 10 interviews. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a long process. It was kind of scary because like I had never had like a gap in employment before. Like, you know, after school, I like just immediately got a job. But I had left my job at SoSo because I was like, I just, I, you know, I need a break from the commute. Um, so like I didn't have health insurance, didn't have a job. So it was a little bit stressful. I would like I recommend getting a job before leaving your other job if you yeah. can. Especially when you have kind of a cross country yeah. move involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I had optimism that ended up being the only place I interviewed with and it worked out. But yeah, it just started as um, mid-level, which I think worked out because it was it was really different. Yeah. Such bigger brands, definitely a lot more pressure, you know, um, but also just like different to be at a company where you're not like sitting next to like the owner every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about as different a feel as you can possibly. Yeah. Like instrument is a 
humongous yeah uh, it wasn't so big then but it was like maybe 120 people but i went from a studio with eight people yeah and at a small studio you're going to be doing a little bit of everything oh my gosh yeah like working at a small studio is you have to be a designer a producer a strategist a marketing person <laughs> a note taker like you literally do everything like developer yeah in an instrument Janitor. i ordered the snacks hey <laughs> but an instrument just having that like free brain space to just focus on creative stuff is so invaluable yes at, at what point in your trajectory did you start doing your data visualization work? yeah so as i mentioned when i was at my previous job i had you know four hours of commuting a day so i literally had no time for things and then uh, moving to portland i had a 20 minute commute on my bike hey. and so i like discovered free time <laughs> like oh my gosh i like i literally um didn't know what to do with myself wow. like getting home at 5 30 i was like oh my gosh like what it's still light out what do people do and so that's kind of how i started to get into like a thing called hobbies <laughs> Which I had, I had I like, hope to have some. Someday. I had never had like a hobby before. Yeah, really. Well, like you know, I mean, as a kid, kind of, but like you know, I took myself very seriously. As I said, it Absolutely. was all work all the time, and now it's like I have this freedom to like pursue things and passions. <laughs> and um, so I did like you know a little bit of data viz stuff, you know, my first job. But then I started to just like get really um, sick of computers i can't imagine what would make you want to yeah, do that around like, say 2020 <laughs> well the funny thing is um the first kind of big physical data project that i did was actually before the pandemic really yeah because i was just like okay what could i do that's physical and then i realized that cross stitch is just pixels yeah and so i could really like translate what i know about digital design to that and so I did start it in like January 2020 um, and it worked out well Yeah, because CrossFit is very tedious and takes a lot of time and you do it indoors alone. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and it's this wonderful like tactile thing. And the work itself is about kind of gender inequality, right? Yeah, totally. That's definitely like kind of where the idea came from is like putting in this labor that is typically not really appreciated. Also, I was watching a lot of TV and I needed something to do while I watched TV. <laughs> <laughs> like I like get nervous. I need to do something with my hands. So that's why like I got into cross stitch and crochet. But yeah, I just like felt a lot more impactful to like have the media connect to the data, you know? Yeah. And that has led into other projects in that yeah. space too. Yeah, definitely. So it seemed to resonate with people, which was really cool. I think that um it's just one of those things that like you kind of see people really stretch what the expectations are around like these kind of traditional um, textile mediums. But I think like it was a lot of people's kind of first exposure to like using the craft in such like a non-crafty way. Yeah. Like non-kitschy way, I guess. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, continue to explore like what mediums I could use to inform the work and also just really highlight things I care about. Yeah, like activism. Too. No, absolutely. Because I, I, I just think when people see a bar chart accompanied with an article, most people don't really like look at it. People don't really take it in no. as much. So that's kind of where like, okay, if I create something that 
maybe even at first glance just looks like art, you know, that brings people in. They'll actually like take in the information and learn something. And that has kind of led into other things, too. Like you you have a class on Domestica where you actually kind of teach people how to do this. Yeah, I mean, I do my best. (laughs) (laughs) How, how did that come about? How did you yeah. get into that? They just reached out to me and I was oh. like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and I I have I had never like I've TA'd before, but I've never like taught a class before. And so it was very a very new experience for me and a lot of work. Like it's a it's a pretty um, in-depth course. There are like units in the course and like assignments and stuff. Um, but it was kind of cool to, like, break down my process that way. But, yeah, they just reached out to me randomly. I think they probably saw, like, you know, an It's Nice That article or something about my work. Um, but, yeah, it was a cool experience. But it was a lot of work. And it kind of makes me, like, not want to be a teacher ever again. Yeah, even I, I was watching the trailer for that, uh-huh. like, a couple days ago. And there, it's a, a high level of production in those. Yeah. Like, they flew me to New York. Oh, to, shit. Yeah. <laughs> realize that yeah they flew me to new york to like record the video portion and they had like a director they had like the little thing that like clicks you know (laughs) yeah it was cool it was uh it was cool to also just kind of be recognized as someone who like has the authority to teach this because i just kind of did it for fun yeah you know it's been cool that it's just been connecting with people yeah and if people do want to find that like where can they go and and like look at it um there is a URL. <laughs> it, it's it's I linked off your it website, I think. It is on my website. It's o-j.co, o-j.co. Um, so you can see it there. I think it's also in my Instagram bio. But if you just Google like Olivia Johnson Domestica or Olivia Johnson Data Visualization, it should come up. Yes. And if they want to see more of, of your work just in general, that's also the way to do it. it sure is. I did this all in the wrong order. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. I think the heat has gotten to my brain, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a little frazzled, but I appreciate no, you so much. You're doing for... great. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Um, Thank you again to all of you out there in Radioland who are hearing this. Uh, if you like this show, uh, whether you're hearing it for the first time or you are an old listener who's just heard all of them and is sick of the sound of my voice and fair enough, uh, why not subscribe to this show in your podcast player? I mean, I guess you shouldn't subscribe if you're sick of the sound of my voice. That seems like a, a sign that things have gone awry. <laughs> in our relationship as listener and host. Uh, maybe, maybe you should find another show if that's if that's your thing. But if you like it, listen to it. And then you can hear more of me. Boy, this is really good. <laughs> you got this. What's wrong with me today? Um, you can find this show on your podcast player of choice by searching for the show's title. But why not pay a visit to the wonderful website that I built for it? Did I do that? Dot design. That's where you can find all the good, good images that go along with each and every episode, including this one. And uh, you can also find those images uh, delivered directly to you on Instagram. You can listen to the show on YouTube. It's not a video show, so don't expect that there. <laughs> if you want to embarrass yourself publicly by showing support for us, why not go to LinkedIn? We have have a LinkedIn that is active once again, um, and it is something. 
Shout out to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, 2023, make LinkedIn weird again. Yes. Um, you can also go uh, to Fontroversy.com and check out the wonderful new podcast that I produce that is uh, hosted by my student, Lena Hall, and is produced by students of a class uh, of mine here at PSUGD. Uh, it's a really wonderful, fun, weird time, and uh, I would totally encourage you to check it out. Uh, I am Sean Schubacher. This is Did I Do That? And as we always say at the close of every episode, Did I do that? <laughs> our, our first Urkel in a long time. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bye. <laughs> It's a cool place, but again, it's too cold. Yeah, in winter it is a very cool place. It's really, really, it's like, it's worse than Boston for sure. I would not be surprised. I I remember a friend uh, who moved to Las Vegas telling me, like she'd been in Chicago before that, the amount of winter wear you have to have, like not even just like you could have, you must have in order to not die. (laughs) Yeah. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. I had to like wear wool long johns every day because I commuted to Boston oh. from Providence. And so I probably walked like 40 minutes a day in the cold, at least from like one train station to the other. So I, it was nice to be able to get rid of all of that when I moved out here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tropical vacation compared to that. It is. It is.